This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds. And they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by Mook Delivery, bringing you the food you love. Mook Delivery, like McKenna, brings a top-tier lineup. With Leaf Davis-esque delivery right to your door, you'll always be winning with Mook Delivery. So the only thing left to say is, you win. Order now on the McDonald's app, and you can also get rewards points delivered too, so that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only by app at participating restaurants. 18 plus. Rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee, and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hello, you are listening to the Blue Monday podcast. This is a three times weekly audio show looking into the exciting happenings of Ipswich Town Football Club. My name is Benjamin Bloom and I'll be here each and every Friday for the Blue Monday preview show with a special guest to get their insider view on the next opponents for Ipswich Town. Ladies and gentlemen, the most patient man in the world who I've hung up on now 18 times to try and get the audio. So we're going to apologise in advance if the audio sucks. I don't think it's going to be your end. But um, welcome, Mr. Eddie Skelly from the Lion of Vienna Suite podcast. How are you doing, Eddie? I'm doing great, Ben. How are you doing? I'm good. And I've just chopped, chopped the shot down, but we're recording on Wednesday night and Norwich are playing. In, so we could actually have some live Norwich City to laugh at. They'll probably beat Chelsea now while we're well, we're doing the pod now, aren't they? That would be typical, wouldn't it? It would be utterly typical. Um, so, Eddie, last time we spoke to Chris from the pod, um, we look, let's do the boring, depressing stuff first. Because if I remember it correctly, you were just at the end of a transfer embargo. There'd yeah. just been a takeover bid, or it was up in the air, and Holdsworth people had gone away what's mm-hmm. the situation with the kind of ownership and the financials and has it improved um in the past four months since we last spoke to you guys i wouldn't say improved is the best word really um the embargo has gone um but you know we still don't have any money really um yeah um Kanazen is the sole owner of the club now which is so so really and any bids are off the table i think he said there were two bids for the club but now um he's taken the club off sale until the summer so for the time being he's the sole owner he's not listening to any interested parties um and we're stuck with him until a saudi billionaire comes along is it better the devil you know and less chaos uh, are you, do you still want your do you still want him gone i i think it's fans are tolerating it at the minute because he's very open with his communication which can sometimes be a bad thing sometimes can be a good thing he does his blogs on the official site every week um but for the time being while the farm's going well i think fans are fine with him but until you know he goes we can't really buy any players or sign any real quality uh, which is a little bugbear but 
we have to deal with it. There's nothing the fans can do, really. Absolutely. Um, so that was the background to the last game. So um, it was September 16th, yeah. the first one. Um, amidst this kind of horror in the background, Bolton failed to win any of their first seven games and they're bottom of the league with two points. So my memory of the first game was that we just we won five on the trot and then lost lost a couple and then yeah then lost to Leeds the week before. Um, McCarthy tried three at the back and gave up on it at half time and the first half was just turgid because I think you guys played three at the back, we played three yeah. at the back, five mm-hmm. five and just pff, big load of nothingness. Um, and it looked like we got a lucky. Our goal was deflected at the start of the second half, so we got a lucky one. And then, if you'll excuse me, it seemed like Bolton didn't believe that they were going to beat us, and they had a couple of chances that didn't play didn't play mm-hmm. badly. And then, and then we nicked one at the end. What are your memories of the game, and was that kind of symptomatic of the of the start? I think that was the way we were playing at the time. Um, we'd kind of start pretty solid. And then when a team pushed us, we concede a soft goal and the heads would drop down because we didn't really have a leader on the pitch. And I think Parkinson was a little divided of ideas at the start of the season. Um, we were missing a few key players. And I think just that little cutting edge of quality that we were missing kind of made the difference. And as soon as the heads dropped on the pitch, that was it really. And we weren't getting any results at all at the start of the season. Yeah, I remember actually Medine in the second half, he, he had a clear one-on-one and looking at his stats now I think maybe with his outlook now maybe he pops that in because I think we were a little bit there for there for the taking that day and we we were a little bit unsure and um, is it fair to say you were a bit of a soft touch then? Oh yeah absolutely yeah that and a game against uh, Birmingham in August very very um up to how we started our season, we neither team were really at it for the first half, and we didn't take our chances or we didn't have the chance to create. And then you just got the goal, and that was it, really. And that was just the start of the season. We didn't have that finishing touch on the quality, and then heads would drop and we'd lose points. Absolutely. Um, so this game is in the middle of a horrible. It actually gets worse. So Bolton lose eight on the trot um, going through into October. Was there a point where you kind of thought, look, the damage is, the damage is already done. We're, you know, we're gone. This isn't getting any better, and, you know, in that, in that run? I think it was, I kind of held a little bit of hope up until the Middlesbrough game at the end, like just before the international break in September. And we got, I think it was 3-0, and um, I was on the Channel 5 fun thing um, I saw it actually I remember you being on yeah yeah and I spoke to Billy who who runs it who's a Brentford fan and he said uh, he loved it because I looked like I was close to tears <laughs> <laughs> so I, th- I think that was how I was feeling at the time and I was kind of thinking Parkinson should go he was out of ideas and I think most fans had kind of realised oh we're probably going down because we just didn't have that quality to stay up with we don't have any money so we couldn't sign championship quality players we've had to make do with either rejects from Premier League teams who've not cut it for a few years or players from League One that we we kept and I think most fans at that point had kind of thought "Ah, yeah it's probably time uh, already Wow Um, so I mean you've already mentioned it you've stolen my thunder a little bit so the international break 
happens. And having lost eight in a row, amazingly, it's then one defeat in nine. Um, wins over Sheffield Wednesday, Norwich and Barnsley. Um, only one defeat in that with five draws. And that was against Wolves, who are you know, basically going to, if you get one point off Wolves this year, you've, you've done well. Um, how, how did it, how did it change? Because, um, and the other thing I'd normally say is draws aren't actually worth that much in the championship. But when it's when it's coming off a eight game lose streak, you know, just just not getting beat. So anyway, sorry. The question was how how did it flip from eight defeats in a row to one defeat in nine and beating some decent teams? I think it was mainly down to the return of Sami Amiobi and Josh Vella which enabled uh, Phil Parkinson to go back to a 4-2-3-1, which basically we played for the majority of last season in League One, which is the reason we got promoted. And having Amiobi on that right wing to cut inside and be that driving force to have shots. Because the first few games, he was he was on fire. He was scoring 30-yard screamers every game, basically. And that was basically getting us points. And having Vela in midfield as a number 10 to just do the running, which we'd missed was another key part and also we just signed Carl Henry um, who was a free agent at the time and we were missing that defensive midfielder we'd let Jay Spearing go um, and we didn't re-sign him it looked like we would but we didn't and signed Carl Henry and he was that real steal we needed in midfield because we were just that was why we was losing games it was just right through midfield and completely passing us by the game and he came in and he was the leader that we was missing as well and so games that we would have lost um, initially at the start of the season, we were getting points in our games that we get, we were drawing, we were winning, and I think that was the reason why. So it's mainly the mainly the midfield area because the defence yeah. was fairly as it was when you went up, wasn't it? Yeah, apart from um, Mark Little as coming at right back, yeah. we've kept the centre half partnership of uh, Weeter and Beavers. And Vela yeah. was out from the start of the season, am I right? Yeah, he went off injured in the first game against Leeds. Okay, so. Not really. Uh, is it a bit of both? A bit of a two-week, to the two-week gap, and the personnel then? Yeah, because um, Vela and Amiobi were almost fit, and that international gap allowed Parkinson to get them back into training and getting them with the team and practicing drills and stuff. And that I think it showed in that first game against Sheffield Wednesday. I think um, a lot of times the managers plan their seasons around these breaks, don't they? Because we had um, James Preston guy on and they mm-hmm. literally had no players when they played us. And it was the last game before the break. Yeah. And since then, they've been absolutely... Sometimes, you know, it's just kind of... I think they I think they plan off that. And maybe maybe mm-hmm. Parkinson had, you know, said to change something up in the training as well, perhaps, in, the, mm-hmm. in, the, in that period as well. Um, so if that was the turning point... Um, like I said about draws not being worth too much, um, actually got even better over over Christmas. So lose to Forest and Burton, and I mean losing at home to Burton isn't great. But then three wins in four, which is obviously sort of promotion form over a little bit. But the teams you beat as well, Cardiff, mm-hmm. Sheffield United, and clean sheets and your forwards scoring in all three of them. Yeah. Um, what what were the what were the sort of highlights from those games? Because that. That sounds like a well-functioning team to me. Yeah, I mean, Cardiff, I think, were a little bit off form anyway when we played them, so we played them at the right time. They've kind of dropped a bit. And it was kind of similar to when we played you in September. It was just the first goal when that team was going to win. And um, we got it, and luckily we, we went on to win that game. The highlight, really, in that period was Sheffield United 
because we hadn't won an away game in the championship for a thousand days, I think, since <laughs> April, 2000, April 2015 when Eidegger Johnson scored. So oh, it was a long, wow. yeah, it was a, it was a volley. It was always a wonderful goal. Um, that was a three 0 win against Cardiff in April 2015, and then took us 37 games later against Sheffield United. We finally got that away win. Sheffield United, had, good. Yeah, really good. They've they've really um, adapted to the championship, and it had to be Gary Medine to get the goal because of the stick he got after um, a video got released of him slagging off Billy Sharp. So he kind of revelled in that and played the pantomime villain and got the goal and we won. It was brilliant. Um, with Medine, um, I remember Chris kind of mocking him a little bit at the start of the season. Has he um, kind of proved you wrong a little bit this season? I think so, definitely. Um, I think fans were cautious about how he'd uh, come back into the Championship because he played really well in League One last season. But we'd seen that before with Sheffield Wednesday. He'd scored goals for them when they got promoted and then struggled in the Championship. So I think it was building on the confidence from last season and Phil Parkinson finally getting the team around him playing. Because I think he even in August and September, he was one of our better players winning head. I mean, he's won the most aerial battles yeah, in the Championship. No, I mean, we've got... Joe Garner, and I think he's brilliant in the air, but Medine's like even ahead of him, isn't he? Yeah, but I think that's systematic to the way we play as well. I think yeah. statistics lie, you know, we do punt the ball a lot in the game, so I think that plays into it really. But yeah, fans were writing him off before the season started, and he's proved everybody wrong. And the bids, we received some fantastic bids for him. And really, who from? Cardiff, I think, have bid a million pounds and then another team has bid a similar amount, which we've rejected. And it was in the paper a few days ago. I think the Sun that for Ken Anderson has slapped a price tag of six million pounds <laughs> wow. on, on Medine. I don't think he's worth six million. Um, so it looks like we're trying to keep him. But if any team wants to pay six million, I'd be more than happy to let him go. But I think that's the way he's playing at the minute. He, you know, He's earned that price tag. Yeah, so I had a look on um, who scored and just looking for the standout players. And mm. Medine had played the most minutes, scored the most goals, got the most assists, and mm-hmm. you stat about the aerials. So, other than him, there's an obvious danger. Who who have been the other sort of standout players? Not, not even just in that nine game streak or the Christmas, but. Across mm-hmm. the season, even when you even when you were losing, who have been the standout players throughout the year? I think the three players who came into the side when we started winning, Sammy Amiobi, Josh Vella and Carl Henry, have probably been the most standout-ish ones. Carl uh, Henry, definitely, because he added that steal in midfield. And Sammy Amiobi sometimes doesn't look like a footballer. Um, <laughs> But like he'll pull in a, like a little flick or a trick off because he's he's very lanky, so it kind of works. And he'll score a cracking goal out of nowhere, like um, at the Stadium of Light when we played Sunderland. The game was going nowhere. Next thing you know, Almwick's punted the ball upfield, Medine's chested it down, and Amiobi smashed it in from 35 yards. And he's that kind of player. He can just add a spark to a game when there's, when there's nothing going at all. Which side does he start from, Amiobi? He's, he's on the right wing and he cuts inside on his left foot. I've always heard the argument, if he doesn't even know what he's doing, how, how are the defenders going <laughs> to know what yeah. he's doing anyway? Yeah. Um, and what about sort of best and worst performances of the season? I mean, you've already spoken about Sheffield United away. Um, mm-hmm. What are the other standout ones and where was the low point? 
I think it's two low points for me. I think the first one was in August, away at Hull, because um, we collapsed completely in that game. We were 3-0 down inside 30 minutes, and I think it was 4-0. Um, and most fans had left by that point. Um, so, yeah, that was a real low. Um, I, put, I think the high point was the Sheffield Wednesday game, because that was the first win. It was the monkey off our back. That was when um, it all flipped around, wasn't it? Yeah, exactly, yeah. Um, so we needed that win completely. Cardiff was good, because they're obviously where they are in the table. Barnsley was an important one because they've kind of dropped into a relegation fight and you need every point. Same with Hull as well. When we beat Hull, you need every point against people down there. And we, we got wins. Um, and I think even though the, you know they're the best team in the league, losing this, I think, 5-1 to Wolves, it was in the end. It isn't, Wolves, is you know. a free, Wolves is a free game this season. Yeah. You know, if you, if you get anything, so be it. But it's... Just men against boys with some of the players they've brought in. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, that's the thing as well. We, we've got it at the moment where there's like a five-game run where mm-hmm. we think we can get some points. And in the middle of it is Wolves. And you just kind of say, okay, you know, lose to Wolves and judge it judge it on judge it on all the other games. But um, looking at the, the Brentford game, the last game, I mean, I think we can kind of write off the FA Cup as, yeah. a, as any kind of indicator. Um mm-hmm. So the eleven against Brentford was Alnick, uh, Little, Weeter, Beavers, Robinson, Vela, and Derek, uh, Amiobi, uh, Marias, Charlie, um, Medine up front. How mm-hmm. similar do you think the lineups going to be on um, Saturday to that? I think it'll be very similar, but it depends. Kyle Henry might be back. Uh, he went off injured against Hull along with Darren Prattley. Darren Prattley's out till March, um, which is a shame. And I think Kyle Henry's touching goal for the weekend. So the only real change you'll see is maybe Charlesley dropping to the bench, Vela returning to the number 10 role, and Henry slotting in alongside Derek in the holding midfield role. And Mick McCarthy loves Kyle Henry, yeah? Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Um, how do you see it going then? Because there's... There's arguments both ways round, really. Um, Bolton 21st, Ipswich 12th. Um, Bolton 19th best home form, Ipswich 18th best away. But Bolton's last six home games, four wins, one draw, one defeat. So the home form's actually, actually decent, isn't it? Yeah. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is PlushCare. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Blue Monday are delighted to be partnered with TalkSport Fan Network and NordVPN, giving you the best possible offering for browsing the internet securely. NordVPN opens up global streaming options for content not available in your region by switching your virtual location quicker than Wesburn's running down the wing. NordVPN acts like your cyber Sam Morsey whilst online, protecting your personal data and sensitive info like passwords and credit card details from falling into the wrong hands. For about the price of an ITFC match program a month or a Blue Monday Telegram subscription, you can get yourself a NordVPN account which can be used across six different devices. If you need to rapidly change direction like Amari Hutchinson, there's a 30-day money-back guarantee. 
To get the best discount off your NordVPN plan, go to nordvpn.com forward slash Blue Monday or click the link in the podcast or YouTube subscription to be taken straight there. Supporting us here at Blue Monday in the process. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like home comforts. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home advantage with Mook Delivery. You win. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus. Serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. What do you reckon, it's, then? A, it's a tough one to call, really, because you need the points to try and push back towards the playoffs. We need the points to try and stay out of the relegation places. And I think it it might just come down again to who gets the first goal. Um, because we'll play the way we normally do, punting it up the pitch, try and put some pressure on, get an early goal. Uh, but you may counter um, and break us. It, it depends, really, um, like... The defeat was against Burton, and that was just because we couldn't get a chance. They got the chance and scored, and then we couldn't get the goal back. So it's all about confidence when we're at home and the first goal. And I think if we get the first goal, we're probably going to go into win. If you get the first goal, it's your game to lose. I think away, we've been a lot of the time sitting back and waiting for Waghorn to get a free kick basically anywhere within... Mm-hmm. Um, you know, crossing distance of the goal. How how do Bolton play? Because they probably don't have it when teams kind of sit off. I mean, it might be that Mick comes out for once and plays a bit. But how how do Bolton cope when when a team kind of sits back? Because I assume that's I'm hoping that's what that's what Burton did and how they how they got the win. I think I think so. Yeah, I think a lot of teams think oh it's Bolton. It's a, an easy win and they'll come racing out the traps and try to attack and. That kind of works in our favour because then they're kind of like out of position and we kind of just pump it up and hope for the best with Medine. I think if teams sit back, uh, we're a little unsure of what to do. So you, if Mick McCarthy plays like Mick McCarthy does, I think you'll probably stand a chance of winning the game. Mm. But looking back from you know the last podcast in September, I mm. think if you'd have said, look, you you go into the new year and you. You've proven that you can beat decent teams, and, and I mean, I know it's all sort of a hodgepodge sometimes, and you get bottom beats top in the championship probably two or three times a season. But you would have taken fourth bottom in October, wouldn't you? Oh, 100 percent. Yeah, as soon as we got that Wednesday win, or whatever win it was that took us out of the bottom three, I was just like, end the season now, because I think any fan, even at the start of the season, 21st is the aim, and if we can do that, it's brilliant. And I think as well, what I would be thinking if I was a Bolton fan is it's that ability to, what Burton have always managed to do is like, there'll always be like at Easter, they'll win three out of five games or something. And the Mm -hmm. thing is with those teams at the bottom, you have to be really bad to be at the bottom and they just don't win. And if you put six points in over four games or something, you normally, you know, you, you put a massive wedge in. So it must be encouraging to see that they can do three wins in four because if you can do that in April then you stay up do you know what I mean yeah it's it's, it's that's what we need to do um, getting a run together and we've proved that one defeat in nine and then the Christmas run um, especially when the schedule is like it is at Christmas so we can do it the, we can do it March, April when it really matters and happy with Parkinson yeah um, I mean I wasn't when I was on Channel 5 close to tears. <laughs> I thought I thought he was a goner at that point, um, but yeah, he's 
proven a lot of fans wrong because like Medine, I think a lot of fans had written him off kind of one dimensional manager kind of wouldn't stick you know change formations but he's he's open to change and he seems to be doing the best he can at the minute and we're getting results so you can't ask for more really great stuff right let's go to some tweets um who's Bolton's sponsor Eddie Betfred Oh, okay, right, that answers yeah. this question. Um, so this is tricky. Opinions on betting company sponsors. I just um, preface this by saying Ipswich have just announced Magical Vegas, the, just the trashiest uh, online casino as the sponsor yeah. for next year. And I don't know whether it's a bit holier than thou, but the reaction's just been awful that you would have a betting company. Um, how long have Bolton had a betting company and what's your view? Do you care? And are Ipswich fans overreacting and being prissy? Uh, yeah, I think at the end of the day, uh, sponsors are only as good as how much money they're giving you. <laughs> I don't, you know, it doesn't matter. But I think a betting company is a betting company. Everybody goes to the bookies and has a bets. I think where we drew the line um, was with Quick Quid. Um, we announced the deal with them in 2013, I think it was, and fans revolted, and there was a little protest in uh, outside Town Hall steps, and the club actually retracted that and cancelled the deal and we went with I think the, the local university instead the University of Bolton as the sponsor so I think fans are our fans anyway are happy with a bookies because we've had 188 bet for a few years when we're in the Premier League as well but I think a sponsor's yeah only as good as the money they've got to give you um I mean, the Vegas one does sound a little bit trashy. I don't know how that would look on a. I don't know how that would look on a shirt. Oh, it looks, Eddie, it looks horrific. Yeah, but, yeah. at least the, the Betfred one kind of goes with our shirts a little bit. It goes fades from blue, white, and red, so it kind of fits in with it. Fits in with our cover scheme, so which is a good thing. But you're totally right yeah. though, because if it's a good player wearing the shirt and the team's winning, no one really mm-hmm. cares. Whereas, no. like with our situation, if you've got a silent owner not putting that much money in and the manager out of contract at the end of the season and you've been 16 years in the same division, the shirt starts to look bad. But that's really interesting insight um, about the quick quid thing because you mm-hmm. think, you know, it's like estate agents and traffic wardens, you think, you know, what what could be worse? Well, yeah. a short-term loan company could be, mm-hmm. oh, some people would argue it was the same, but I'd be interested in the, in the feedback that gets on Twitter. Um, Tim says, I always like it when the guest gives their views on ITFC players. How about which ITFC players would you like to play for you? Potentially awkward if they don't want any, though. <laughs> um, Dominic Ayarfa. Um, I don't know how he's been playing this season, but he's a football manager favourite of mine because <laughs> he has good potential, or he used to, so yeah. I used to always buy him. Um, and I, re- I do rate Joe Garner as well as a goal scorer, uh, especially when he was at Preston. I think that's the type of play we could have used. Obviously, we don't have that kind of money to pay £1 million for him. But um, And McGoldrick's a very solid striker as well. I think he's a very um, uh, old hand. I think he's been very uh, consistent over the past few years. So, yeah, I think those are the standout ones for me. And think, Selena, Selena as well, actually. Well, he, he negotiated with Bolton. Yeah, we, yeah. We, I think we turned him down. Uh, but he's, the highlights I've seen, he scored some nice goals this season, so I think he might have been he's, useful. He's a very, very skillful guy. He kind of yeah. marches to the beat of his own drum, but he's been ah. he's been McCarthyized. Um, on Iorfa and McGoldrick, depending on where this season goes, um, mm-hmm. doesn't look like... I don't know whether they'll take Iorfa. Iorfa's funny because you look at him and you think if he can... If he can get everything working together, it'd just be 
because he's so pacey and so kind yeah. of big. Tall and big, yeah. Yeah, but that, you know, your biggest strength is always your, your biggest weakness. That, yeah. you know, he's sometimes a bit clumsy and, you know, mm-hmm. um, limbs not working. And the thing with McGoldrick as well is that he um, he's out of contract at the end of the season. So um, there's every, ch- well, we think Nottingham Forest if he doesn't sign another contract. But um, mm-hmm. we shall see. Um Sorry about these. You're always going to get these on Ipswich Bolton yeah. ones. Um, mm-hmm. Just ask anything about that playoff semi-final. That would do nicely. Now I tortured you guys with this last time. So do you want to talk about the year before when you beat us instead of the <laughs> the year when we beat you? I, I, to be honest, I was five in 2000 when that semi-final happened. So I don't remember the year before. Um, I only know about the Barry Knight semi because it's kind of folklore. Yeah. And I think every Bolton fan has to, you can't enter the Macron unless you hate Barry Knight. <laughs> it's kind of, you know, you're a Bolton fan, you hate Barry Knight. It's, incre- you, you... it's incredible how long it's lasted though. I think <laughs> because of what's happened to Ipswich, that's all we've really got to got to cling on to. I think the contention some Ipswich fans have is that you guys had such an amazing time in the Premier League, that really Barry Knight did you a favour, didn't he? He kept you down one extra year so you could strengthen it all up and then, you know, have all that, all those great seasons in the Premier League. Yeah, I think that's one way of uh, putting it anyway. Um, <laughs> I did I did notice um, Mark Ells from the Bolton News put a picture of him up yesterday, which caused some uproar amongst Bolton fans. And one fan replied with a picture saying, we actually saw him on a train a couple of years ago. He was very excited to see us until he realised we were Bolton fans. <laughs> and it, it, the picture was him like on the other end of the carriage. So I don't know if that was taken afterwards. And he just slowly retracted and started walking away from them or not. But I, I actually, in anticipation for this podcast, they did put a question out on the line of Vienna. What three words best describe Barry Knight? <laughs> and I'm not going to read the real explicit ones, but um, Richard Aftermatch is one. David Sheepshank CBE is another, your former chairman. Yeah. Um, oh, God. Twitter's loading here. Uh, and a, a complete arse biscuit, I think, is my favourite. And it's, the rest... Are we, are we hyphenating arse biscuit into one word, yeah? Yeah, I think, yeah. Uh, but the rest, I, I probably couldn't read because they're too explicit. I don't think I'd recognise him. I know he was kind of tall and bald, but I yeah. don't, if I saw him on a train, I don't think I'd, I'd recognise him. What I want to do is we'll, we'll try and do it. We'll try and do it with you. I'll, I'll lay down the challenge. Um, mm-hmm. What we always do with the Bolton fans is I'd love to sit and go through with a Bolton fan and say, right, tell me which decisions were wrong. Okay. Because the Ipswich view is, the Bolton view is that you got screwed because what? Two red cards, eight yellows, and yeah, um, two re- uh, three penalties, and mm-hmm. all of that. Just the Ipswich view is that Bolton lost it, and they completely lost their rag. And but let, let, I tell you, what, we'll, we'll, we'll do it. We'll, we'll go through and we'll, we'll re-referee it, and yeah. we'll see how many that we both agree on that we'd rescind. Um, anyway, Eddie, thank you so much for coming on. One thing we always do, I can't remember who Chris said, but all-time favourite. Um, Bolton Wanderers player since you've been watching? Probably Akotcha, because I was seven when he joined and he was this big superstar who just played in the World Cup and he was completely different to any Bolton player at the time and he, he was just amazing. You've probably got the same thing I have about Marcus Stewart, where it's mm-hmm. your favourite player and as it is at the moment, you think 
that will that will never be top. We'll never we'll never ever have a yeah. player that good again, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, he was he was a, in a class of his own, but. You, you could pick a number at that time anyway. Jarkiev, Fenelka, Campos, Delios. Loads of players. But I think Akotcha just pips it for me. Yeah. Um, and did we get a prediction for for Saturday? What, what, have you got a score no. for me? I'll, I'll be diplomatic and say one all. It's gonna, yeah, it's going to be... It's going to be either Bolton by one or Ipswich by one. And I agree uh-huh. with you. I think it'll be very tight and, mm-hmm. you know, kind of... A bit, a bit championshipy. There's, yeah. there's, there's going to be a ten-minute period where the ball's in play for thirty seconds, isn't there? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> it's going to be quite horrible. Um, Eddie, where can people find your writing? And is the podcast still happening? It's, we, we've not done one for a while, um, but I think yeah, we need to get our act together a little bit and sort the one out. But yeah, I'm, we're so still can you, doing. Can you plug your Twitter and your um, and the line of Vienna? stuff as well for yeah. me. Yeah, so I, alongside 12 other people, write for the lanaviennasuite.com for all your Bolton Bonzers news, views and opinions. Uh, you can find us on Twitter at lanaviennasti, even though nobody called Stee actually writes for us. <laughs> um, and uh, you can also find us on Facebook as well as facebook.com forward slash lanaviennasuite. Great stuff. And you're going to have match reports from Sunday, Monday sort of time? Match reports, player ratings, a man of the match, and five things we learned from the game, which will probably be complete. <laughs> Great stuff. Listen, Eddie, thank you so much for coming on. I'll just Thanks do my plugs. Um, so if you've got this far, the Blue Monday podcast is three times a week now, and you can catch us on YouTube. Assume this audio is a completely crap after the disaster I had earlier. Obviously, you can download on Acast, Apple Podcasts. If you have done so, you're watching on YouTube, give us a thumbs up. Um, give us a subscribe and on Acast and uh, Apple give us a five star review comments etc say nice stuff be nice um, how Norwich getting on um, just have a look over your shoulder for us Eddie. it is nil nil just before half time wow goodness me oh, I don't care about Norwich as long as they don't get promoted there we go right Eddie you got, you got the last word and then we'll hang up uh, come on Bolton <laughs> thanks love bro It's the promotion running. Everyone is gathered round to watch. The McNuggets share boxes are there offering much needed distraction. Your mate's already been booked for double dipping, but in you swoop to steal the last nuggets and claim all three points. Oh, and there is the Harry Clark fist pump to celebrate. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. You in at participating restaurants. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.